Expert Insights is an ongoing medical education podcast. The Carl Division of Continuing Education designates that each episode of this enduring material is worth a maximum of .25 AMA PRA Category 1 credit. To collect credit, please click on the link and complete the episode's post-test. This podcast forum is brought to you to share expertise and insights within our integrated delivery system to help us improve the health of the people we serve and achieve world-class accessible care. This is Expert Insights. Here's your host, Melanie Cole. Hello, and our topic today are the challenges that providers face when they're associated with effectively treating and managing hypertension. My guest is Dr. Robert Healy. He's the Chief Medical Quality Officer at Carl Foundation Hospital. Dr. Healy, what do you see are some of the biggest challenges for providers when they are trying to treat and manage hypertension? And tell us about some of the best practices that you're using there at Carl Foundation. Yeah, sure. Uh, great to be with you. Um, uh one of the challenges I feel of us dealing with hypertension, just like any disease that we deal with, is that there's so much that we're doing every day when we see patients. So no matter if we're specialists or primary care, um, we see a patient and, you know, as we know, they come in with a list of 10 different things, it seems like. So focusing on high blood pressure, which if we asked all of us individually, we all, all know how incredibly important it is to control high blood pressure. We would agree with that. We'd agree that we should do things to control it, but practically getting it done can be tricky in our busy lives. So what do you want to tell other providers about encouraging monitoring and encouraging healthy living? And Because monitoring also could be subjective if the patient is doing it themselves, and then there's certain changes and variables when they come into the office. That's true. And um, when we look at our data, uh, nationwide, health systems and doctors do probably what we would all say is a pretty poor job of controlling people with high blood pressure. The latest statistics from probably 2016 are that 54% of people with high blood pressure are controlled. So that means they're below 140 or 90. At Carl, we do a lot better. We started actually at the early, at the beginning of last year, at the beginning of 2017, we were at 62% control rate, and we're up now to close to 68% control rate, which at first might not sound like a lot, but that's a lot of patients that have their blood pressure controlled now that didn't before. And really, for our system, it's it's a great thing because it'll decrease the number of people that develop stroke and develop heart failure and develop atrial fibrillation and all the other comorbidities that go along with having high blood pressure. What about health disparities, and do you see issues with adherence and follow-up when you're talking about other populations? There definitely is, is data out there, and, and we see it locally, of disparities playing an important role in any chronic disease, and hypertension is just another example of that. We could look at the medications. Some people are more likely to take certain medications. Uh, some medications have kind of a, a bad reputation um, when you talk about hypertension, people who are, are given beta blockers, that might scare them because they've heard from other people that might make them feel tired or, or make, might affect their sex drive. So if we don't take that into consideration when we're talking about a medication and just write the prescription, there could be groups that aren't filling that, that medication. So that would be more appropriate for or more applicable to males versus females in this case. Um, in other cases, there's uh, higher copay for medications that are, are name-branded or if people don't have 
certain types of insurance, they can be very expensive. So we'll talk about the medicine in the office, we'll give them a prescription, but they really probably never fill it because it's so expensive. So there's definitely things that we need to keep in mind about uh, different different groups, just different socioeconomic classes that really, you know, whether someone has insurance or not, uh, et cetera, uh, when we're talking about what medicines to use for high blood pressure. One of the, one of the nice things is that the, most of the medicines for high blood pressure have been around a long time. They're all generic, or, 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 or most people can be treated with generic medications. So that takes a little bit of that out of the equation. Uh, but, but there's still, um, we have to keep that in consideration when we're talking to people and how much money it might cost them to get their prescription. And what about the financial burden of hypertension and uncontrolled high blood pressure on not only the communities, but for you providers to try and manage this and keep track of it? Um, so in, in terms of, of the nation, the, there's estimates that we spend about $50 billion, that's with a B, billion dollars a year. Um, that's what it costs to, for people to have uncontrolled high blood pressure. So it definitely makes sense economically from a nation to look at that and to, to focus on increasing the control rate. At CARO, we've actually tied it to our physician pay. So 2% of our pay is, as part of our performance improvement, is tied to us reaching certain metrics in controlling high blood pressure. Last year for 2017, we had a goal of getting to 64%, and we got above that. We got into the 65.5% range. So we kind of blew that goal away. This year, we ratcheted it up to 68%. And currently, as I look at the dashboard that's actually right in front of me, uh, we're at 67.28%. So we're headed towards reaching the goal this year. Um, So economically, it impacts us each in our wallet because if we don't hit that 68%, we would feel a a decrease in the amount we get paid. And of course, nationally, by by decreasing the the number of people that are uncontrolled will have an impact on our our, our health system as a whole. Give us some actionable steps that you want other providers to take and and even to integrate the other providers in their offices, whether it's the nurses and the entire healthcare team. Yeah. So what we've done and, and what we want people to be really involved with is we've 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 said that there's certain doctors, certain groups that we say should be aware of blood pressure and aware of medications and aware of lifestyle modifications that need to be made and talk to their patients about this. So primary care, so the adult medicine doctors, family medicine doctors, and pediatricians who who have someone above 18 with high blood pressure are um, people that we, as well as cardiologists, endocrinologists, and nephrologists, are all specialties which we assume they will be dealing individually with each patient they see with their blood pressure medication. Other specialists, um, I tend to always pick on orthopedics as my other specialty, but if someone's seen orthopedics, we don't expect the orthopod to know about different medications and different classes and change medication. What they could do, that that group, is just talk to the patient, say, hey, we noticed your blood pressure was high today. You really should go back in and see your primary care doctor. The other thing that we do behind the scenes is a message is generated on a patient who's seen, for instance, in orthopedics, if they're uncontrolled, a message will go to the scheduling center and they'll contact the patient and tell them that, that they're, you know, we noticed you were in to see Dr. X and your blood pressure was elevated. Your normal doctor, Dr. Y, would like to see you within 30 days. Um, and what we do is set up with that primary care doctor's team. 
either the doctor or advanced practice provider or a nurse visit. So that's kind of getting the team involved in a recheck of the blood pressure. Sometimes it's normal and it was a false alarm that it was high, but sometimes we see people who have persistent high blood pressure and we catch them because they go and see another specialist in our system. They get back to see us and we can adjust their medication, adjust their lifestyle to get them controlled. So give us some tips for implementing a self-management program to help providers teach prevention engagement for their patients. I think it's important with, with blood pressure to tell people to check their blood pressure outside the office. We all know of people who are always high in the office and always fine at home or at Walgreens or at CVS or wherever they're checking their blood pressure. So we really want them to check their blood pressure in the community or at home. People always ask me in my own practice, what's the best blood pressure cuff to get? I, I can never keep up with the different brands, so I tell them to talk to their pharmacist and get a good arm cuff to measure their blood pressure and, and see what their blood pressure does. What it helps is that people realize that their blood pressure isn't just one number. It varies day to day, hour to hour, even minute to minute, but they can get a sense of where they are normally. And then when they come in and see us, they can let us know what their blood pressure has been doing. Ideally, they've written it down. We're actually looking at some technology that's out there where you can have a blood pressure cuff that Bluetooths your information to your computer or your wireless network at home and then sends it into the office. So there's a lot of ways that people can be engaged in, in self-care. Another thing about, you know, we, I tend to focus, I'm an a internal medicine physician, I t- tend to focus on medicines, but also by checking their blood pressure at home, people can realize how dietary changes can affect their blood pressure if they have a high-salt meal, they'll notice the next day that their blood pressure is higher, so they get to see themselves how a, a better meal and more exercise, et cetera, can help their blood pressure. So wrap it up for us, Dr. Healy, with the main objective of hypertension treatment and, and how soon you like to see results once you have identified a patient with hypertension and what you would like other providers to know. Once we've identified someone with hypertension, which isn't just a, a, a one time you're high, then you have high blood pressure. We, of course, check it a couple times to make sure it's real and then check for other things in the person's life and with their medications that might be affecting their blood pressure. But once we've identified someone and diagnosed them with high blood pressure, we really want to see them controlled within 30 days at the most. So practically, we'd see someone, talk to them about a medication or a diet change, and see them back in our office within two to four weeks. And so there's a, some special categories. If someone's very high with their blood pressure, we'd rather see them controlled within a couple of days and not four weeks. But for the most part, if we have a return visit in two to four weeks and keep working at each of those visits to in, in explain the importance of diet changes and exercise, but also adjust medications to get them controlled, that's really the goal. Thank you so much, Dr. Healy, for being with us today and sharing your expertise in this very important topic. You're listening to Expert Insights with Carl Foundation Hospital. For a listing of Carl providers and to view Carl-sponsored educational activities, please visit carlconnect.com. That's carlconnect.com. We hope the information gained will be applicable to your work and life. This is Melanie Cole.